okay, I won't. I'll I'll just look at my computer through this. It's fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bestman Benchwarmers, the best X-wing podcast out of Michigan, and the only X-wing podcast out of Michigan. I am your host, Alex, my man Wolf Waro Merrill. And with me is Matt, Sunday, 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 Courser. And Cody, I'm not actually late this time, Wood. I did it. <laughs> How are you today, gentlemen? Doing pretty good. I actually set an alarm, so I wasn't late this time. I, I was curious why Cody was texting me in the middle of the day out of the blue. I was like, oh, Cody just wants to chat and check up on me. Nope, we were recording today. Surprise. When do I ever want to just chat? <laughs> How you doing, Alex? Oh, I'm okay. You know, alive. It's half the battle right there. <laughs> Living is half the battle against death. So, today's topic, we are going to talk about the meta that we've seen so far. We have the Alpha Qualifier for GSP and the uh, Kyber Cup. It's still four games in, but we took the top 32 and tried to look at the lists. But first, I want to talk about streaming. We've been working on trying to stream some new games. Um, to varying degrees of success. I know Matt and I have had a couple games. Cody and I had a couple games. It, it makes me feel better knowing that the technical issues last time was not my fault. Yeah, DTS got really wonky with the X-Wing uh, module for a bit there. But uh, I think we're going to create some sort of relatively consistent streaming schedule. We're still working on it. And I have some fun, interesting things and ideas for a couple uh, lists that we would stream. I'll bring that up on some other podcast when we get our streaming together. So let's start with our first topic today, boys. Why should we talk about the meta? First, I want to talk about what we don't want to do. I don't want to just read lists <laughs> because I feel like that's a really boring experience. And also people have access to it online relatively easily. If they wanted to look up the list, they could just do that. I also want to uh, I don't really want to just say that these are the definitive lists that we should be flying. What we found in this meta. You know, there's a. Uh, these online metas are much different than real life. And, you know, not every elite player is playing online and or have the time to play. And meta's still pretty young, you know. These are still relatively casual tournaments as well. It's not like it's any uh, official X-Wing tournament or not a lot at stake. So... People could fly fun, interesting meme lists or whatever they want to do. At most, I think the GSP events cost $35. So $35, hang out, talk to people from all over the world. Can't beat that. 
Yeah, I mean, especially compared to the traveling and getting hotels and flights and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I think I spent like $900 going to Worlds, and that was two states away. So, but I do want to talk about what we've seen in the meta because I always find that very interesting. Um, I think people can get a lot out of it just with uh, seeing what people are building, you know, what kind of upgrades they're putting on the ships, what kind of ships they're combining with other ships. You know, seeing which ships do well, which ships are just completely underrepresented. And also, I think uh, looking at the meta, you can kind of gauge what the average ship count is. I think that's really important if you're trying to build a list. And to add to that, one of the things like with just reading lists, you don't understand what the meta is, but you don't understand why the meta is what it is. So if you can actually break it down, you get to understand. And once you understand what the meta is, you can do sort of the counter meta, or you can understand how to actually fly meta list. Yeah, you can see trends in the meta, like um, if there's a lot of trends towards maybe like an alpha strike meta, you change your list to try to get away from alpha strikes, or if there's a lot of swarms in the meta, you could try to adjust for that. Want to talk about the tournaments? Let's do it. Okay, so I just have a bunch of raw data, which might not be the most interesting, but you can actually glean a fair amount of information from this. Talk about data. Data is sexy. <laughs> okay, let's look at the uh, GSP raw stats. So um, the top three most common factions I have written down here for the entire tournament is Rebels, actually, with 35 lists. Scum with 29 and the Republic with 24. Did they listen to our uh, second episode? Oh, that's what I was thinking, too. I, that that would be amazing if they did. <laughs> but I doubt we have that kind of influence. But that's really interesting, I think, that Rebels, of all factions, being the most common. Because no one was flying Rebels. Do we have any idea about, like, some of the Swiss list for that? Like, the most common pilots? Yeah, I can get to that a little bit later on. I have for the whole tournament, which are the most generic and unique pilots flown for each faction. So GSP was kind of weird because seven people dropped out of the top 32, which is crazy. Yeah, that was I, I think you get that a lot more with these. With these online events. It's it's tough just sitting at it's, it's not the same. It's sitting at your computer all day for essentially almost 12 hours a day and then going to bed essentially and then having to wake up in the morning and do it all over again. I mean, you're not going to do it for 12 hours because there's like those top 32. So you played like six, four, five or six games. If you make it all the way. But it's just a lot. It's a lot for people. I think it's just because this is more you had a lot of drops for the small time tournaments. Anyways, the 50, 60 people because a lot of people made cut, but the cut was the next day. And they're just like, eh, I don't really want to spend two days playing it. The big events, like system opens, you didn't see drop rates like this. 
but it's probably sort of like you said at home but also people treating it more as like a a 50 60 man event yeah i mean there's not really too many stakes you know you don't have to uh book two days of hotels and all that kind of stuff so it's you have a lot more freedom to just drop which if, if people aren't aware of like the way these tournaments are um and you can play in as many of these qualifiers as you want and your best record will let you play in that subsequent tournaments like ace tier mid tier and then rookie tier so i mean these people have already made it into the ace tier event so i'm sure some of them have, were like I don't need to play all day next day because I've already guaranteed my spot into the quote real qualifier. Yeah. So a lot of this, we, we pulled the top 39 people essentially. So it's a little bit weird. I did look at which factions made the cut and this is after everyone dropped. So you have 10 scum lists five rebel lists and five empire or in cis lists as well um your spreadsheet said there was 11 scum list five rebel list and yeah some of them dropped though so this is just because like one scum list dropped and like three republic lists dropped out of the six in there so i see now this was just who was actually in the top 32 which i don't not that, not that we hear it as much anymore, but for a while there, scum people were complaining about how bad their faction was. I, I don't want to hear scum players complain anymore because they easily have probably one of the best crew options in the game right now with Sale. And not just that, but the Seek Swarm, which has been around since early last year. It's been underrated for the longest time. I think the problem with scum is that they don't have like they have a whole bunch of different random things, but there's not a lot of like archetypes they can really build into. So it's really hit or miss on what kind of scum list is even going to perform well. Because you know, I mean, half these lists here are just super left field lists that made cut and all that. So it's it's all over the place. Yeah, that is true. Although I do feel like a lot of factions are sort of having the uh, a diversity identity crisis. Um, because Jake's in almost all the rebel lists at this point. Uh, Empire, you're basically... Their aces aren't performing as well anymore. Resistance is all five ship A-wing and X-wing mixes nowadays. Forest Soto doesn't even exist. <laughs> yeah, and then you got CIS, which is super bipolar with either two or eight ship builds. Both ends of the spectrum. So Although you do get some hemps and uh, tri-fighters in there to uh, get four or five ships, but yeah, it is mostly two and eight ship list. Yeah, I found it um, pretty interesting about the percentage of like people who brought scum who made the top cut. I mean, basically 20, you know, the 26%, a quarter of the people who brought scum made the cut. And that's pretty impressive. 
that that is that's crazy. So if you want to make cut in these events, your best bet is to fly a scum list. I I think I think the faction has. I think it's probably it's probably the most versatile faction currently in the entire game. You have your aces, which I don't think we, I don't think we saw a lot of Fen Rao in the cut, but you have your you have you have aces for Fen Rao. There's just there's just a lot of nasty things that can go on in scum. Putting Zam on a G1A is really good. I definitely don't want to overreact from just one event with a high cut rate because anything can happen in one event. But Zam on like Dengar, Zam on a lot of scum ships does seem really good if they can hold the crew and make use of two attacks. Yeah, and you got some shenanigans you can pull off with Tarani too that people have been doing with like the cluster missiles and munitions fail safe that just shoot at your own ship for the first couple rounds, charge up Zam and just roll in there with a double attack. And I think you mentioned about how Ketsu can now tractor a large ship if uh, she has Zam. I love Zam on Katsu. Legitimately, that's really fun. Yeah, with her ability, and if she hits on both attacks, she can just tractor a large base ship, which is hilarious. Or she could throw three small ships all over the place. Get three small ships on a rack. One round. It's devastating. Yeah, but Nantex are a problem, so... <laughs> At least you get to shoot first with before Katsu, sometimes. Most of the time, unless you're pretty close to an asteroid and she just puts you on one. But yeah, the, the scum caught rate, 26%, is double the next one, which is Rebels at 13, and the Empire and Separatists, respectively, are 10%. But I just, I just found that interesting, that scum just got so many lists in there. There aren't really many of the same list. There's two Tarani Jostero lists, which they just go really well together. But the what they had with them changed per. And then there's a couple Sikhs, um, a four-ship Dengar list, a Boberguri. Like, yeah, all these all lists over the place. are completely different. It's amazing. I mean, you even had Han Solo in there, and that's impressive on whoever's lying that. The next bit of data is the total ship count. So for the entire overall tournament, which probably shouldn't be terribly surprising, the Separatists had the highest ship count at 4.8. And then Empire at 4.2 with First Order at 4.1. So it's your general traditional kind of swarmy factions. But the weird thing is that in the cut, it completely flips. Um, in the COD, you have Empire being the highest ship count at five, and then Scum and the Resistance at four and a half, and the Rebels at four. It's just it's interesting to me that it's literally everyone outside of the top three is now essentially in the top three. It just completely flip-flopped. Except for Empire, yeah. And there will has to be something said about resistance five ship list, which is just pure efficiency with what they can fit between the tie pods and X wings and A wings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even uh, it's nice seeing four ship rebels in there. A lot of them are 
with the exception of Dash and Benthic, a lot of them were just four chips or so, just solid chips. This is probably because of like Django and Zam, like the two CIS lists, but the biggest drop off in ship count happened for the Separatists, which went down over a ship in their list, which is crazy. Most of them don't sway that far. Could that be because of like the hemp and tri-fighter list just not making cut while Django Zam salad list again with a bunch of solid matchups? And then the uh, droid swarms saw a matchup against just about everything. So it loses all the five, six ships. Yeah, the separatists that made, like, no eight ship separatists even made cut in this tournament, which is crazy to me. And, you know, we were just talking about how good the droid swarms are. I'd also be interested to see, like, now that we have time right now, just to see what those eight ship separatist lists went, went against. Yeah, that would be nice, uh, a solid look to see what might do well against them. And I think, I think even online, people just don't like flying eight ships in a list. It's just, yeah, I don't mind it. I personally don't mind it. I think it's fine, but I understand some people have a hard time managing like eight dials on TTS. So that could be part of it. I know when I do, even when I do three ships, I try to position my dials to the sh- where the ship's position is. So my dials on the board are going to be like sort of wonky. It just makes it easier to me. And I imagine because of the bumping and all that, like it's eight ships easier in TTS than real life. I'm surprised we don't have an influx. I mean, I, uh, Alex and I hung out on Saturday and flying the droids on TTS is just like, I'm like, how do I fly all these ships again on the table? It's like, oh, I bumped. I guess this is where it goes. And just my droid swarm should be perfect right now. But, you know, with like, you just move a little bit with the wiggle room. And, yeah, with everything. And it's just, it's definitely a different experience flying seven plus ships in real life as opposed to on the table. I flew Plo Koon into a rock. Yeah, you did. And an arc into a rock. You flew a couple things onto the rock, <laughs> but it, it happens to the best of us. I also flew stuff onto rocks, but I have grappling struts, so. So it might have been intentional. Hey, you flew one of them onto a gas cloud. Okay. I did, yes. <laughs> Intentionally. I know, Matt, you were talking about, like, just unique pilots. And surprisingly, at least to me, Wedge is the the most broad, unique pilot. I am not surprised at all. Rebel players gravitate to Wedge. That's just he's he's big he's big I six with he's got a scary pilot ability. I'm legitimately not surprised that Wedge is the most used Rebel pilot, especially when you consider Rebels had the most amount of people in the tournament. So, but ten of those wedges didn't make cut. Also, not surprising. Yeah, like I said, like. Especially in a swarm meta, I don't Wedge usually doesn't trade for what he's worth. He, I think Wedge does better in an ace dominant meta. Not to say that Wedge isn't good in a swarm meta. He just needs to be played a hell of a lot differently than if he's flying against like Vader, Suntir, Grand Inquisitor. I will say Wedge isn't good in a swarm meta. He just doesn't do enough. He's sort of jousty, and the swarms are going to eat anything jousty alive. 
Yeah, and if you and if you want to like make the most of Wedge, you're gonna have somebody there who can give him focused heart lock. And a majority of the time, if you want to do as much damage as possible, you want to spend both the target lock and focus. Which, if he's getting shot at by four to five ships, you know he's still a T sixty five at the end of the day, and he's probably going to last maybe two or three rounds. He's not going to trade up in a swarm. But the question is: Are we actually in a swarm meta with the average ship in this tournament being only four? Are we in like a four ship meta are we in a jingo zam and swarm meta that sort of balances each other out and what's on the there was a shocking amount of two ship but... lists in gsp we do see a lot of ob and uh, anakins showing up just the two of them or maybe with a filler ship yeah there was an anakin ahsoka and uh, obi-wan both of the Obi-Wan and Anakin are Adas. Yeah, which is weird because uh, the Republic, like the Republic list, they the Ada Obi didn't even make like that many impressions. It was mostly just Obi and the Seven B. But also, the next highest ones are uh, Vader and Kylo. You know, pretty staple ships of the faction, especially Kylo. That makes a lot of sense. He's still the best <laughs> pilot in that faction, and he was in over fifty percent of the first order list. It's hard to take a first order list and fly any ship that's not Kylo unless you're doing the swarm. Yeah, and like I don't think the Mal- the Malaris swarm is neutered without having access to Agent T-Rex, but it's still an effective list, but Kylo is still just he's a, he's in a solid ship with, you know, his ability can be good. Not everybody uses it. People you just usually think his ability is I5, but he's still I five two four double reposition. It's still really good. I want you to know, I did almost kill a Vader with full shields, uh, in my round four Kylo game. No, oh, I know, I know. You don't forget that Kylo has a pilot ability. Can't be underestimated. Giving somebody a blinded pilot or panicked. Oh, I actually blocked him into his own concussions. That helped out a lot. Oh, yeah, that will will help. (laughs) Give Dash a stun pilot. Yeah, for sure. Or a droid. If on a rock, never move again. Yeah. (laughs) So the technically the fourth, but Kylo and Vader were both at nine. But it's notable. Zam was at eight. Was it like a third of the Separatist list? Just have Zam. Yeah, a little bit over. And it makes sense. That's probably the best CIS pilot, like individual pilot in the game right now. Who would have thought shooting twice would be really good? Who would have thunk it? I'm old enough to remember first edition and when shooting twice was fun. Didn't we just have uh, Bist and Dash? Was that a thing for a moment? Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I will be talking about that later on. <laughs> but yeah, um, cut pilots. Uh, the highest are Kylo and Zam. Pretty interesting. Scum's all over the place. They just have basically two of almost every other unique pilots. And the most interesting thing is that the highest unique pilot for the Resistance was Poe. And he's not in the cut at all, period. You mean you mean the most unique pilot overall in the tournament? Yeah, for the Resistance faction, yeah, was Poe at six. And he's not in the cut at all. That does not surprise me. Right, which just shows how much power like the four and five ship resistance builds have. 
Yeah, and Poe's Poe's another thing. Like he's kind of like in the same boat as Wedge. He's good, and then he's. I mean, Poe struggles. He's still he's still too much. I don't know if he's too much or if it's just like he's in a bad design space where if you drop him anymore, he might be just like overpowering. But when has Poe ever been a dominant force? Not that I not that I want Poe to be like everywhere, but when when has Poe been quote good? He really hasn't. Except yeah. for, like, he was in the one uh, resistance list from two years ago, the four ship. So it was, like, two A-wings, two X-wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bastion, Poe, Lulo, and Dally. I think did some work. I think Poe's issue is the list-building aspect of what can you fit with him. Like, there's a lot of efficient pieces, and it ends up being you can be more efficient by dropping Poe to a different X-Wing, and then getting a second X-Wing in. Or an A-Wing. I also think Poe struggles against more than three ships. Oh, for sure. He just, it's like, like, like with Wedge, he's, he's a T-70 who wants to spend his mods on offense to make the most of him himself. And then he doesn't have any mods for defense. If he, if he has heroic, great. But. Yeah, he sort of has like a defender problem where you're a lot of points and you have to be defensive so you can't really be offensive with them. I do like Poe with uh, overdrive thrusters, though. That's real fun, especially if you have prime thrusters as well. Do whatever you want. It's very squirrely, but not terribly great. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a lot of points invested in Poe. <laughs> so many points. But it's, it's so good. I mean, we've I've played against your Poe a couple times with, with that build, and not not to get off what we're talking about but my, my strategy against that is i want to put pressure on poe early and just make him like i want to do damage to poe early to make him like almost a non issue for a little bit of the game and then i ba- i basically just ignored him to like kill the rest of your list and then it's like okay you have like four ships against poe yeah the problem with that poe is that you can't really bring too, too many uh good ships with him you only end up getting like a couple yeah, like that, and like like we were saying, that's that's the issue with Poe is list building around him, and I don't. Gosh, how how many points is he right now? He is sixty two points right now, which is eight more points than Suntier fell. Yeah, I mean it's a good ship ability. It's a good ship. It's a good. It's a good pilot ability. You know, you get you get to have push the limit every turn. But yeah, I mean he <laughs> has four more health than Suntier fell, but one less agility. Soon to fell has, I mean, let's be real. You probably have R four on Poe. You have BB eight or R four, so he's going to be sixty four points minimum. So he's ten points more than Soon fell. One less agility. Uh, still a war style, I think. Uh, Soon gets the four straight blue, right? Yes, he does. And and, and they have a five straight. <laughs> oh, the T seventy is a five straight, don't they? So. No. Oh no. Nope. No. Oh. It's just a four. Oof. But uh, but it's also comparing cross faction points is a little bit rough and slippery slope. But <laughs> it definitely is. Let's go back uh to the, the raw data, right? Uh, generic pilots, especially with the four ship count uh, average, it's pretty important to see which kind of uh, generic pilots are performing the best, in my opinion. Probably shouldn't be to anyone's surprise that the most common generic pilot was the Trade Federation drone. 43 instances. That does not surprise me at all. Like, yeah, because like, 
gosh, they're still they're still so like 21, 20, 21 points for a trade federation drone with grappling struts. Cool. Eighty four points for four of them, and you've that's not even half your list. Yep. Especially if you do something with like Discord missiles, because they're so versatile and very, very good. Yep, but no, droids are still droids are still pretty good. Why well, have there been like a trend away from Discord missiles, even though double fire spray is still a thing? Couldn't tell you, Cody. I don't know. People still bring Discord missiles, but that Discord missiles were really good against Boba. They were they were very good against Boba Fett with all the rerolls and shenanigans, but I mean they're good against a lot of things because that that three straight and three bank really like puts a you cannot enter here wall for engagement. And the threat of like doing a one hard bear roll is like when I was flying silencers, I was definitely afraid of getting a Discord missile or a Discord army. And that like if you want to get rid of the Discord missile one of your buddies has to shoot the Discord missile and not be shooting at your list, which is also a win. Yeah, anytime you can take one less shot from the enemy, it's a win. Yep. So. But, I mean, they're still really good. I just... They did go up a point, which means they collectively went up three points for the list, but even in the list were, like, in a faction that's so versatile with its swarm list building, you can, you can find room to make three points to throw some more discord missiles in there and i think you definitely still should especially with Django zam all the large ship bases actually mm-hmm. yeah throw some discords on zam yeah there's a lot of large large base ships in the meta paylob can't steal your calculates so throw a discord on him so sad so the next uh highest generic ship count is cartel spacer the seeks probably not terribly um surprising on that either also not surprising. How many instances at, uh, were there? An 18 count. 18. Okay. 18 seeks, 13 made the cut. Well, the, the specific cartel spacer. There might have been like 10 sorry point veterans in there somewhere. I mean, it's still just a really efficient ship that doesn't want to die. The drop off, though, from 43 drones to 18 cartel spacers, though, was it's kind of nuts. The car, the cartels are five more points. I'm not. I'm sorry. They're 25 points, and you generally put like toys on them, tractor beams, ion cannons. You you generally load them up a little bit more than the droids. But even even if you even at 25 points, they're still like, hey, I'm a three agility ship. Have fun trying to kill me. I think that points to the the versatility of the scum faction and the lack of options you have for the separatists as well. Yep. I was going to say, I also feel like the droids are a little bit better of a fellowship. One Seek, two, uh, two Seeks isn't really going to do much, but for two Seeks, you can almost get three drones. And three drones, you can actually have a nice filler with. You can have a screen, you can screen with them. You can do more stuff with. And they help each other out. And they have Discord missiles. Yep. They can, they can sit on rocks. They help each other out with the calculates. Yep. Discord missiles. Yeah, and if you're ever going to bring one Seek, it's not going to be a Cartel Spacer. It's going to be like Sonny Bounder or something. She's only two more points. The hero of the Scum Faction. My favorite Seek pilot. I think I think it's all of our favorite Seek pilot. Can I can I make that bold statement and say that Sonny Bounder is the Bespin Benchwarmer's favorite Seek pilot? 
But Genesis 100%. Red. No. <laughs> when I got the four crits with Sunny Bounder on an auto blaster, I was, that's it. It's sunny all day. You should have just retired at that point. Like life's, life's not going to get much better than that. I basically did. That was the month that I quit playing as much. The uh, third most played generic actually goes back to the Separatists as well with their Techno Union bombers, the hyenas. That's 17. So you got two Separatist ships, generics, that are more than every other faction's most generic ship. Yeah, the Techno Union bomber is the same points as a generic cartel. 20, 26 points with landing struts, and they're also going to benefit from their Trade Federation drone friends. And they bring the Dark One Pro droids. It goes really well with their eight ship list, seven ship list. It makes sense that the generics are going to have a higher ship count just because four of them are uh, Trade Federation drones, four of them are tubs, six of them are Trade Federation drones, two of them are the tubs. And just to round out a couple more, uh, most broad Empire ship was the Academy pilot and the Jedi Knight for the uh, Republic faction, respectively, at 15 each. Well, that's it for like the raw stats out of the GSP qualifier. You want to go on to Kyber? Yeah, we can go on and do that. Cool, we'll make this... Uh, this one's a little bit weird because Kyber is still going on. So I just took the top 32. You know, most of them are four no's, but, you know, some of the three and ones also made it up there. And this is at the time of the recording, too, because the week isn't quite over yet. Yeah, this data is accurate as of like Friday, the 29th. <laughs> so. Top three factions in the top 32 are Scum at eight, Empire at seven, and the Resistance and the Droids at five. So Scum's still having another really good showing so far. With lists that are completely different from the GSP lists as well. It's crazy how uh, different all the, the Scum lists are. A lot of variety in there. Yeah, there's such a versatile faction. If you want to fly, like we said, you want to fly aces, they got the aces. You want to fly the stuff that really messes with your opponent, you got you have that too. You want to fly some swarms, you got swarm. So I don't think anybody could have seen like the variety that Scum has going on right now. And a lot of that, I think, is Zam. I think she's breathed a whole new life into that faction with her ability to do the double taps and free target locks. Four points for a free target lock is uh, extremely good, not even counting double taps. Yeah, that, that free lock is, is so key. Mm -hmm. You might as well be stealing it. <laughs> In a lot of ways, like uh, on offense, it's a better force mod. You get four points for, like the cheapest force mod is what, eight points for Seventh Sister? Granted, you can use Seventh Sister on defense as well. But target lock, you can reroll all your dice. It's just going to be a more efficient offensive mod. But yeah, but in Scum, the only force option they have is a Maul. Maul. And Seventh Sister is nine points. Oh. But yes. <laughs> Call them out like that, Jesus. 
I'm sorry. If you know what, I'm not going to call you out. Somebody else is going to call you out and not be Please as nice call me about out it. because if I'm wrong, then yeah, I'm wrong. It's really interesting. In the top 32, there's one First Order list and Gosh. two Republic lists. And all three of those are actually at 4 0. So it's even crazier of a drop off. Man, that First Order faction, you better put that on like some sort of ventilator yes like just it makes it makes me sad because i first order is one of my favorite factions and i think they really can do a lot of interesting things with the faction but yeah it's just people just aren't aren't flying it it's like i mean it is still the kylo faction that's what i was gonna say it probably it still has a top three pilot in the game and it's just can't perform well. Yep. I like Kylo can carry games, but he can't carry every game. Yeah, I mean you have to be pretty skilled to perform well with the first order list, I think. I think the the ceiling is pretty high, but the floor is also really high, more so than any other faction. It also doesn't help with the first order. They have two support ships, one AC really efficient ship. And then two sort of swarmy ships. Like the SFs, I would say, is more of a swarm slash uh, bruiser ship. And the FO is just a swarm ship. Oh, and you are you are forgetting one of my favorite ships in the faction. Probably my favorite ship in the faction, the Thai BA. Hello. Which is also just sort of a meh ship. You have Hollow, and that's about it for the BAs. I know you have tried to make Von Reg work. I love, I mean, I love the ship. I just, I, I made Von Reg try. I tried as long as I could. I'll still fly Von Reg. And people still do well with Von Reg. It's just, again, very difficult. He's not Suntur Fell, but yeah, Hollow is definitely the standout pilot in that, um, ship. I don't think you'll be able to do a better than a B class list with Von Reg. And that's only because Kylo's carrying that list. Yeah, usually, usually it's a Von Reg, Kylo, and then other stuff. But Von Reg can do some work. I've done work with Von Reg before. It's just, it takes a lot more. It's a lot harder to do work with Von Reg than it is to do with a lot of other I6s in the game. What what FO list is 4-0 right now? Let's, let's double check it real quick. The Malarist, four ties, and a silencer. Well, the, um, the average ship count, uh, I just did for the 4-0s and the 3-1s. The the average ship count is actually higher in the three ones than it is in the four O's. The four O's being four point oh nine, and the three ones being four point three two. So they're close, but it's it's weird to me that lower ships are doing lower ship counts are doing better than the higher ship counts. That's atypical. Well, there's also only what. 10 three ones as opposed to 20 what would that be 22 foils so the lower numbers will mean a higher advance in stats and since this is top 32 the 33rd might be a two shift list the 34th might be a two shift list yeah i mean it's it's uh i think there's 19 four and o's and 13 three ones in the top 32 but it's still yeah, I mean, it's skewed a little bit because, like, the highest 
ship count faction is technically the first order, but they only have one list. It just happens to have six ships. Yeah, definitely skews the data a little bit. So the next highest in the four in O category is the resistance at five apiece, and that's pretty high. You're flying a lot of four and five ship lists in the resistance, but all the five ship lists are doing better than the lesser count ones. And again, you're not having a five ship list that also includes Poe. Yeah, I mean, the Blue Squadron rookies with a BB asteroid for 42 points is pretty good for 42. Yeah, I mean, that's not something I would fly personally, just me. But like the fact that you can fit four of those and rows with toys is just, yeah, it's just really efficient. I, I hope these things never get to 40 points apiece because I don't want to fly against five of them. Can I just say BB-8 T-70s? actually sounds really fun to fly i mean anytime you could do barrel rolls before you move it's just sort of it's fun because uh, you can do all different sorts of shenanigans your opponent doesn't quite know what you th- you're about to do and the amazing blockers because anytime you can barrel roll, you just like strafe really well also if your opponent has just a giant i1 swarm and you have the bid on them or something or you win now you have a, a after everyone moves, you got a pre-maneuver barrel roll, which is really nice. They're, I mean, they're they're X-wings. They're solid ships. They they can put in some work. So the only uh, other point I want to make here is that Empire has a lot more ships in their ship count at three and one, and the Separatists have a lot more ship count in three and one. All the 4-0, the, the two 4-0 separatist lists are both double Jango Zam lists. So obviously that skews that a little bit more. But the Empire one I think is pretty interesting that uh, you're now getting a lot more uh, swarmy kind of ships builds. Like I really like, like Will Haywood's list of like six Barons and Wampa. Those Barons are... Almost Seek level. They are really efficient. They're, what, three points more than a Seek with a much better dial and linked actions? Also, they can take, you know, the Thread Tracer, so that's a huge help anytime you have six other ships that can uh, take it, you know, take a lock on them or something. I like that a lot, actually. I like that list. Yeah, you basically, you can get four actions in one turn, three actions in one turn, boost, focus, Arrow focus, and then the thread tracer can give you the uh, target lock. Yeah, and what are you going to go after? You got two thread barons, and then also Wampa. Wampa's going to try to draw fire away from people, especially if he has a lock himself as well. Gosh, yeah, that does not. That looks nat. It looks, it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I like I like the Tie V ones, and I like Wampa's probably my favorite Tie Fighter pilot. But. Yeah, with the thread tracers. Yeah, it, it really messes with your target priority. Do you want to go after Wampa and take away like a three die gun from an I one? Okay. Or do you want to go after the thread tracer guy who's, you know, rolling three green dice with a focus? I mean the correct call because those two thread tracers is probably just let the thread tracers go and try to kill the one who's actually gonna do damage in Wampa. Or you could just arc dodge everything and try to shoot from the flanks. Yep, just just arc dodge all seven arcs easy. Or just never get hit by the threat tracers, damn it. 
That's the right answer right there. The correct answer <laughs> is never get hit by the thread tracers. Roll better than the thread tracers. Noted. Thank you. <laughs> if I get hit well, by it, do I just say it was variance that cost me to lose? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you never you never lose to your mistakes. It's always the dice. There wasn't like a pink brain matter kind of breakdown on this tournament yet. So I just was going through looking at some of the unique pilots for a lot of the factions. And my man Wolf Waro, four out of four, four out of four <laughs> rebel lists have both Dutch and Wolf Waro. That's because they listened to our second episode. I was going to say, or they just paid attention to the Italian nationals. Polish nationals, my apologies. But again, it's just all of them with Dutch. We were talking about that a lot in the second episode. You know, that was really good. Strong support piece. Jake's in three of the lists. He's always really good. And Wolfaro just hits really hard. Especially, you know, one uh, two of them have Jan. So they're doing the very scary big guns. Well, also when Wolfaro's getting his ability off the first round of com- the first round of the game, also he just rolls up there with, you know, we we we've, we've talked about this more than once, but yeah, rolling up there with four dice, five dice with Jan, six dice if it's Jan range one, Dutch passing out target locks, Jake giving him a focus, and he's got to reinforce. Like, yeah, it's good. It's I'm good. sure Dutch has concussion bombs in every single one of those. I believe so. <laughs> Also, the interesting thing in, in Guyver over here is that there's a lot of Vader. Um, you know, he, he was pretty popular in GSP being the most popular empire, but in this one, there's uh, four out of the seven lists have Vader in them. And three yeah, out of really the four good. in the four O category have Vader. A lot of impaces in this tournament. If you use him to be a bruiser, he's an amazing piece. This is extended, so he has his afterburners, so he can arc dodge or get that range one shot for the kill shot. Yeah, and he's got, he's got classic in bases, Whisper, Suntir, Vader, Whisper, Vader, Duchess, fake Whisper, Vader, and Suntir with Echo. We've talked about, I'm a huge fan of Darth Vader. He's Darth Vader is the reason why I got into X-Wing in the first place. In first edition, I'm like, oh, I want to fly Darth Vader. Darth Vader seems really cool, and he's still really good. He can hit like a truck, and it's just like, oh, you're dead. Really good at handing out those crits, too. Even if he shoots before everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wrong crit could just like ruin your entire game. Real early, you've got a halt breach in there. That ship's gone. Weapons failure. Oh, I was about to. I was about to fire this proton torpedo, but oh, it's a weapons failure proton torpedo. Yeah. Oh, a blinded pilot protorp. Mm-hmm. Blinded pilot, Protorp, Council Fire. Panicked pilot and the uh, ion crit to anybody who has... Um, oh, man, I can't think of it right now. Passive senses. Yep, calculate actions. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, Darth Vader can really mess up the days. But, you know, Darth Vader also can just melt as well. But he's still, he's still solid. For 66 points for an I-6 with his pilot ability and what he can do, he's still, he's still a steal. It's going to be 72 points, or Afterburners is 6 points or 8 points now. It's been a moment since I equipped it. I mean, I, we're, I th- we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but the top list in in Kyber is just 
Darth Vader's soon tier whisper, and Darth Vader is sixty eight points with just fire control systems. Oh wow. No afterburners, which is like a staple for him. Yeah, I mean, I usually don't leave home without it, but you know, you get if you're trying to squeeze in Whisper with stealth device, like Whisper's a be- like like we talked about last episode. Whisper is a better end game ship than Darth Vader. You just Darth Vader is going to just come in there and he's going to just destroy destroy whatever the biggest threat to Whisper is. But getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, so yeah, I mean. Looking back at the resistance, you know, four out of the five have Rose, very strong piece. And then three out of the five have both Jess and Finn as well. Also very strong pieces that you want very efficient resistance ships. If you can have five ships, Jess is really good for that. And lastly, another trend that we should probably bring up is that the separatist lists, you know, three of them are Django Zam and one of them is my hero running Django and Sonfok. That's also my hero as well. <laughs> that is, that's so, that must be so uh, just nerve wracking to fly. So the next one, uh, just briefly talk about some of the generic pilots. There's not actually too many generic pilots in here. Oddly. Um, you know, Empire has three lists that are just generics, essentially. I mean, you have Wampa in there, but really it's six Barons, you know, two Inquisitors with four Interceptors, and then just six Bombers, Ion Missiles, Tracers. We've seen that perform well. That gives me flashbacks to the uh, Echo and four Bombers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, I like that list a lot when I saw him fly that. Was that Hand of Vecna, I believe is what that was? And he's an amazing guy, too. Yeah. Great person to fly against. The the Echo and four bombers? Yep. Yeah, I don't want to see that across the table. I had that in back-to-backs around six, and then uh, first round of the cut when I was in that Space Jam. Yeah, the cut game is on uh, GSP's uh, YouTube page. Uh, Go check it out, people. It's a pretty dope game. I was so scared with uh, so many of my silences because you just one wrong move, and all of a sudden... You get bombed by four ships and no ship like that. I was scared for you watching it. Well, I think that's the all the raw data that we should talk about from these tournaments. I uh, think it'd be really interesting if we start talking about just similarities that we've seen. I mean, in both tournaments, you know, the average ship count was four or higher. So that's definitely telling you that you probably shouldn't bring three ship lists. Four ships or more have been performing exceptionally well. If you do bring three ships, make sure they are three ships that can handle more arcs, more ships on the board. Yeah, you either got to try to alpha them off the board real quick, which is going to be a little bit difficult, or make sure they're all really good aces like Whisper and Zoomtier. Yep. Or just pray to the matchup gods so that you only get like... Uh, really good matchups. My prayers fell on deaf ears. L- lot of lot of rebels. Surprise, surprisingly high representation of rebels. I think. I think them winning the Polish nationals really has helped, like show a spotlight on how good Wolfaro is with Dutch helping him out. Was it Polish nationals or amazing episode? I mean, I was trying to. 
I was trying to eat a little bit of humble pie, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like we mentioned a couple of times, scum is everywhere. Like there's not a consistency really between a lot of the lists in both tournaments. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, you have the first order, which is just nobody's playing it and it's not performing. So the Fanatical. first order players can't even carry the list. But you will have this, like the more people who play a faction, the worse the cut results are. That's just because there's so many more people doing it. That you get different skill ranges flying the list. Whereas the think of CIS last year, or maybe a year and a half ago, when only so many people were flying swamp factions, but every time somebody did, they made the cut. Yeah, for sure. FO, FO just doesn't have that right now. They don't have a really good list or archetype. Yeah. I mean, also, um, hate to see it, but Django Zam is doing really well. Yeah. I still don't understand <laughs> it. I mean, I, there's not really a whole lot I want to discuss about Django Zam. I feel like we covered it enough in previous episodes. Just. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's that's a trend between both tournaments that is rather noticeable. It's very 1.0. Two ships, all the tools to do whatever they want, and basically turrets. You have rear ox, front ox, and a boost with a medium base. That's a turret. Yeah, medium base that can now one hard boost. And with some sort of passive mods in there as well. That's what makes it really 1.0. Yeah, but moving on, because I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. But and um, I mean, like by far and away, like thread tracers are just everywhere in both tournaments. They are just enabling everything for the low, low price of two points. Your whole your whole list can also have target locks. And if you have six plus ships, you can sacrifice a shot to make sure your other shots are really, really good. Or if you're really, really cheeky, you can do a thread tracer and just have a bunch of people with like the false transponder codes. So if you have a high PS with that, you just jam them right after. It's real dirty. There's a guy that was doing that with uh, Java as well, so he just reload the false transponder codes and shoot another thread tracer. It's brilliant. I expect those points will probably go up, and I don't think that's a bad thing. They do help enable the swarms that have been sort of prevalent. But if you're going to do that, you have to do something to Dooku costing 10 points. <laughs> well, t to be fair, Dooku hasn't really had a platform to really shine on until just now. Yeah, I mean, the, the scimitar was... Yeah, I played Count Dooku. Yeah, I mean, he's always been really, really good. But before you could put him on an infiltrator which you know not not to segue very much as much as i love that ship personally has been underperforming in the faction since um you know double infiltrator got neutered and they were you know hmps weren't really utilizing the 10 point dooku so yeah he's finally got a platform to shine and now everybody can see how you know good he really is well let's go on to uh things that were kind of surprising i think there were six two-ship lists in the top 39 at GSB. Six. <laughs> That's not all like Jingo Sam. No, there yeah, like was... Like a Curry, um, a Dash and Benthic, Supernatural Kylo and Davson. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. A classic. Our, our boy Richard Owen III with 
supernatural seven B O V and Anakin. That's just it. It's nuts. That is that would have took a lot of skill to actually perform well with that list. Like I gave him all the props right there. That 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 is probably the two ship list I am like most impressed with that made. I mean he didn't he didn't play in the cut, but he would have made the cut. Yeah, he was twenty ninth in Swiss. Yep. Which is is impressive. I have a soft spot for the first order, so also like huge shout out to Mark Worrell for the supernatural Kylo and Tavzin. Like you keep doing you. But there's another thing that I found surprising is that there weren't like many Imperial aces in GSP, but there's a lot in Kyber. I don't know why there's such a disparity between both of them. I will say the GSP was held out through one day. So you probably only had people in that region playing for the most part with some stragglers. Uh, I know some of the names that are flying in Kyber Cup with the imp aces are Europeans. So missing out on the European players probably added to the fact that there weren't imp aces in GSP, at least the alpha. Yeah, there's also 400 plus people playing in Kyber for a free tournament. And then there's there was like 180 for GSP. So there's a bit of a numbers discrepancy. But yeah, I think I also would concur with Cody's analysis. I am shocked by the droid swarm just underperforming in my opinion they're not doesn't seem like they're doing too well which is very strange you know we just had a whole episode about how they should be doing well yeah i i think there's a lot more there's a lot more bad matchups out there for them now what would be a bad matchup for them because i know the six nantex i ran into two of them with my droid swarms in a row so uh, snapshot, uh, Tarani, not no fun. Yeah, Tarani has that. Can confirm Tarani's no fun. I lost three droids in a single engagement for like sh- not even shields on Tarani. So, yeah, that wasn't fun. I feel like if you're losing three droids in one engagement, that's just sort of a variance thing because I guess that is the issue with only like two games. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it was variance was part of the problem, but. Yeah, when, when you when you're flying seven droids and you're like, okay, I can lose a ship and a half, maybe two if my offense is really good. Like, yeah, three ships in one round. I'm like, I can't recover from this. And you didn't even do two damage to Tarani. That's, you know, you can't blame everything on dice. There's always stuff you can do better. However, we also can't completely ignore the fact that dice play a role in the games. Yeah, it's still a dice game. And then I just went up against like a Biston Dash who was able to Dash was able to kill two ships by himself. So that was that was fun too. And by fun I mean it wasn't. <laughs> I mean it seems like it's extra damage out of nowhere, so like Tarani and bombs and also like spike damage. That's what it seems like. It's killing these lists, which makes sense. It was a the not, not that I don't want to get I don't I'm not a fan of battle reps, so not I don't want to talk about it too much, but it was five versus you know, I expected to lose a droid to the trick shot. You know, up to the trick shot dash shot. It it was gonna happen. I'm like, okay, I can live with this. The one one droid dies, big deal. I roll, he rolls five hits, I roll focus blank blank on three. Cause you know, I don't I don't get an evasion because of outrider. 
Okay, cool. I die. Whatever. He rolls four hits on the piston shot against another droid. Okay, cool. Two paint. Easy. I'm rolling three dice. Focus blank blank again. You know, it happens. It happens. I have to ask, did he have target locks on any of those? He had target lock on the first one. I traded two droids for like a shield on AP5. So that was fun because he killed the only two droids that could shoot at dash. Yeah. It's just, it was frustrating, but you know, it is what it is. Well, let's talk about some of the lists that we like. Uh, hey, Matt, do you want to go first? I would love to since my name is first on the list. It's like I did that for a reason. So the first one here was actually on stream against our buddy Josh. We have Lighten, Lighten in the tie brute with sync laser cannon and the target assist droid. Three Baron of the Empires with Prockets and Alpha Squadron Pilot and an Obsidian Squadron Pilot, the Alpha Squadron being the generic TIE Interceptor and the Obsidian Squadron being the I-2. I thought it was a weird choice for that. I, I, you know what? I'm going to admit, I also thought it was a weird choice as well, but it, it gets him above a lot of the other I-1s. I, I don't know. Which is also weird because like I-1s could be used for blocking against I-1, other mm -hmm. I-1s. Yep. So so Lighten here is he, he's he's a big support piece. Lighten is supposed to be there to pretty much give like the all of his ships like a passive a passive reroll. And that that played a lot actually in Josh's game because Josh's uh, Han turret was off to the side, so Lighten was almost always in Han side arc. Mm -hmm. So it was. I I think it was a very 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 wholesome list very wholesome wholesome imperial eight um swarm list and our buddy josh uh beat it on stream i it's, it's nice to see the tie brute performing well because i think i think it's a really cool ship and i think it hasn't really found its identity yet in the faction but i think with a list like this lighten can be really really effective with sync laser cannon and the target assist droid to help out with um getting some more extra calculate tokens and assist in with the sync laser cannon. If you're calculating, you don't get the range bonus, so you can get a three dice attack with no range bonus if you still have the calculate token. Take a target lock, and you get your calculates for every ship in your arc. It seems like a pretty. I really like the brockets on those. I was gonna say that too. That's dirty, especially if you get a reroll with her ability. That mm -hmm. helps a lot. Yep. And having three brackets really helps, so you can at least line up one bullseye. Because really, you only need one bracket to go off to change a game. And it's pretty solid against swarms too. That spike damage with the brock. Yep. really good. And with the, and with the barons being a three and moving after a lot of swarms in the game and shooting before a lot of swarms in the game, as long as they're not blocked, they can, they could do some nasty things to a lot of lists out there. And even like even ships that move after them, like, Oh, you landed inside my procket. Like good luck trying to get out of all three of them. Mm-hmm. And then having the barrel focus and boost focus really helps line up the brackets. Mm -hmm. You have one, you have a one, you have one Baron block, or you have your interceptor block, or your Tie Fighter block, and helps the whole list out. So yeah, I really enjoyed that list. I thought it was a lot. Of, looked like a lot of fun. I agree. And my second one was going into the first order was Kylo Ren with extreme maneuvers, blackout with fanatical, and Gideon Hask with. Agent T-Rex. This was uh, 
I wanted to go when I picked these lists, I wanted to go back to like, you know, my two favorite factions. Like what ships did I really enjoy out of my two favorite factions? And, you know, we've talked about how good Kylo Ren is, Blackout. He's I would say he's a he's still a good pilot. He's I he's a good he's I five. I five is good with the double reposition, fanatical, and then Gideon Hask, who's generally not his ability is not gonna usually help these guys out, but he's I four. He's shooting before a lot of other ships out there. And he's, you know, got agent T-Rex calculates that he can either give to himself or, hey, blackout, you need to calculate for offense or defense. Here you go. And I calculate on blackout for defense with fanatical really helps out. So you can be double modded on offense mm -hmm. and have some defensive mods. Yeah, which I mean, that's that's where he struggles the most as, a, as opposed to Kylo, where Kylo can have a focus for offense and then he can back it up with some passive force. Whereas Blackout, sometimes he wants to double reposition and it puts him in like, you know, positions where he doesn't have any mods to help himself out. But Gideon can be like, here you go, buddy. I got you. I am sort of curious to see how he would fly this because when you have two really mobile ships like the silencers are, what ends up happening a lot is the slow ship, in this case, the Xi-Class Gideon. Gideon's just sort of left in the dust. So he's an easy target to get jumped on. These Zys can still go four straight with, with the white, but still, yes, I, I understand where you're coming from. It is weird that he has Gideon, but I guess Malaris would be too punishing for himself. I mean, Gideon's just using the ability on himself, essentially, unless for some reason the silencers have like a weapons failure. Happens more often than you think. He could be. I would like to pick the guy's brain who flew this and see why he chose Gideon over the first order courier. But I would, I would assume it would be like the force to get above. But I mean, even the two to get above other. I mean, also he's just another three eye gun. I get that point. Yeah, you can be another three eye gun, and it, 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 the good the good thing is, is like it's after you perform. It's kind of like what is it? Lightweight frame. Like you roll your two dice, and then you would roll the second. You would roll the third. You could decide after you roll the two dice. Oh, yep, I want to roll an extra one now. It's not, a, it's not a must. So if it's like, oh, I'm taking a lot of shots this round, I probably shouldn't roll three dice. Or it's like, oh, I'm taking one one shot, I don't care. Or, or if you blank out on the first two and you're like, I don't need that of the third die to make it not hit. Nope. But yeah, that, that really stood out to me. As far as like, that's kind of like, you know, something I, I would, I would fly. I would fly that list. And it has an eight-point bid as well. That's important. Yeah, that that's pretty good. Who bids? Not you. Bidding is very strong. I just choose not to bid because I like to be efficient versus swarms, which I despise going against swarms more than aces. Well, Cody, why don't you talk about your uh, list that you liked a lot from GSP? So... I'm going to have to go with the first order because it was really underrepresented and it didn't do that well. But the most interesting FO list I've seen was the Supernatural, Kylo, and Tavson list. And, I mean, it's a two-ship list with Kylo. Kylo being one of the best ships in the game. Supernatural with his pilot, not pilot ability, Cassus ability, allows him to boost barrel, focus barrel, so... He could be just about anywhere on the map. A lot of times when you see Supernatural, 
Kylo, though, you do see Prime Thrustos just so he can boost, then like focus barrel roll and all this. This one only had advanced optics, so it's 105 point Kylo. On Tavson, and this one is actually extremely interesting to me, he had hyperspace tracking data, which allows him to set up at six. Let's him just set up at six or zero if he wanted to bum rush Kylo in for some reason? Question mark. That's when placing or forces. You actually wait. You actually choose a number between zero and six. So you can set him up at five with Kylo, then have Kylo set up, and you can assign Kylo a evade token. Uh, really, though, I guess. It was probably used just so his opponent didn't know where to set up, and he can choose where to set up Tavson in the initial uh, round zero gaming, forcing his opponents to go through rocks. Possibly, I didn't see how he played, and with it, there, there is one game on stream I know for sure. Was that what do you end up doing with that? You know, I I don't really know because I was kind of ha I had it on the background. Usually, usually during these events, I usually I try to watch as much as I can, but I usually just have it on the background to be like, hey, I'm gonna support GSP and give them viewership, and kind of just have it on my phone in the background. So I didn't really like catch it, but I'm like, oh, that's cool, and I watched a little bit, and I can't really give you a big uh, analysis of how he played. All all I know is that he won. Okay. But most of the time when you see what tabs in would be something like biohex codes. So you can coordinate Kylo from anywhere on the uh, board. I guess he doesn't really need it with Supernatural as much. But And then with the crew, you also have Supreme Leader Snoke, which isn't really a crew you see that often. He's, But he's a sense that is the entire board outside of range one of the ship. And this is really good against any ships that end up moving after Kylo or Tafson. You get to know where to reposition. You know how to block. You can just do so much when you know what your opponent's in. You just take any of the questions out of the game. And you're sort of playing a single-player game at that point. It is only for one ship because he only has one force. He also has Commander Pyre who is just double-stressing a ship, round zero, so it's not getting any actions. It has a very limited dial, usually, and you know what they're going to do. So with the extra ability of you get a defensive reroll if they end up being stressed, which in the meta nowadays probably isn't that great. But just this list together... I feel like Kylo really has to hit above his uh, point grade to get the most out of this. Yeah, it's definitely interesting for sure. Well, I think I, I think it's a testament to how good Supernatural Reflexes and Kylo Ren are and why Supernatural Reflexes is 24 points on I-5. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Kylo literally can be anywhere. Like a boost barrel roll too hard is hard to phantom on the board or even like a barrel roll too hard boost uh, boost too hard barrel roll you can do it in so many different orders 
Uh, the one thing, though, is you have to make sure Kylo is not stressed after his maneuver because he can't supernatural without prime thrusters afterwards. No, but with how great that dial is, it's usually pretty easy to do. Also, advanced optics on Kylo, I feel, is actually a trap. It's slightly better with three reds, but with four reds, it's actually worse to have the focus token versus a target lock. You also end up spending a lot more force on uh, offense than on defense for the pot shots that you will likely be giving up going against swarms. But also, I, I just want to say I like Pyre as well because it really, if you have a ship on the opposite board, like ETA Anakin, who really wants to be on the flank or soon tier or another Kylo, I mean, another Kylo can five straight and get clear of the stress, but he can't reposition afterwards. It really puts a big dampener on a potential flanker that was going to be moving after Kylo and Tavson, which I think is really, really nice. Oh, yeah, especially since flankers generally try to reposition to get set themselves up for the best flanking spots. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of ships in the game that can just five straight get rid of the stress. Yep. Although having the force does sort of damper how good stressing them out is, just because they still have the passive mods on defense. But if you if you throw those two stress on, like if you see a whisper, here's two stress. You're not cloaking the first turn like you would normally want to. Oh, poor whisper. And the other list that I really took an akin to was a Torquil, Justero, Tarani, and Star Viper list. Now. The Justero Tarani synergy is always really good. It's downright dirty. <laughs> and everybody's been through it multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's just classic scum shenanigans. Nope. And he decided to go with Torkoal and the Black Sun Enforcer for his fellowships with us. I like Tarani with that bullseye. He had the cluster missiles and R5 TK munitions failsafe combo. Uh, so that way he'd shoot a ship with a cluster missile, just end it, and then shoot again with a focus mod. And anything in his bullseye is just getting double tapped. Like, there's nothing. If he ended up blocking you into the bullseye, there's nothing you can do. You're just taking two damage on top of whatever damage. And then Jester was just also saying hello. And then we talked about false transporter codes earlier. I really love it when mixed with Tarani. I had never thought about that. Like, you just jam off whatever tokens he might have, and now Tarani's definitely doing the two damage, and you don't have any defensive mods that you wouldn't be able to spend if Tarani's attacking you anyways. Uh, Torkoal is also a really interesting mix, because if they're a high OPS, they can deny you PS killing, They can deny, he can deny you just doing damage. He also had Zam Wessel just so you can get the double taps. You can get the free target locks. Torkoal is usually somebody you want to target first. And then a Black Sun and Fresco is just a really efficient ship. Overall, this list is just built extremely well with a lot of threats that you don't... When you look at this on the other side of the board, I would struggle to know who do I attack first? How do I go about fighting this list? Obviously, a lot of other people had the issues, and he flew it extremely well because he made top four with it. 
yeah, this this is one of those classic lists that really messes with target priority because out of out of the four ships, Tarani and Torkoal are going to be who you want to shoot first. And the the great thing about it, it's four three die guns. Like if you're if you're ignoring that Black Sun Enforcer, like the bendy barrel roll into a focus is it's fantastic. It's really good. And if you're ignoring that ship, it's just getting free shots on you as well. It's also worth pointing out that you can target lock like Torkoal with the R5 TK and shoot at them before you and the enemy engage and you can actually charge up Zam that way. Mm-hmm. This after defense, you can get the uh, charge. So you can still roll into your initial engagement with a double tap already ready. Yep, because that's the other thing about this list. It can shoot six three-die gun shots at you in one round. With just four ships, which is which is awesome. <laughs> and none of these ships will generally get one shot, so they will more than likely get the uh, get the shot in. Yeah, I think it's a it's an amazing list. That's something I would definitely like trying. I mean, Whisper just dies to Torkoal so fast. Yeah, I think it just it just goes to show like the power of how good the faction currently is doing right now. When there's just there's just so much flexibility in the faction, something like this, which is like super janky, can do very well. Halob is two points more. You'd have to drop false transponder codes, but it would be possible to have Halob in this list to really mess with uh Latorani shenanigans. Yeah, but gosh, Torkoal just makes everybody so, so sad. Oh, definitely. Like, nobody wants to fly against Torkoal. I mean, not so much like a droid swarm, like a droid swarm kind of expects to die, but like anything like that's initiative two or above, which is a lot of ships, just that, that wants almost nothing to do with Torkoal. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, there's a reason why I did so well, right? <laughs> also, he's a great pilot. Like, he's probably one of the top players. He made all the cuts in the space jams. Really uh, doesn't get the credit he deserves, Nicholas. So my list that I brought, um, I thought was really interesting, was uh, the quad HMPs. People don't really talk about how good four of them are together, but they they actually do pretty well. So this one, it's got uh, two of the Genosian prototypes, the ones that can carry the cannons. With uh, the sync laser cannons, and both of them have the Discord missiles in the config. The other two were just the generic um, Initiative 3 ones. One of them with uh, Kraken, the other one with Dooku, and one of them with the Dark One Pro Droids. Which I think is really cool. Yeah, that seems solid. Kraken, Kraken keeps the calculates around, so that way you're you, you fire a Discord missile and you still have at least one calculate token, which works really well with their sync lasers. Can never say enough about Dooku either. Just like guaranteeing a crit going through, or like if you go over a debris, getting a crit. Yeah, for sure. And the dark ones are always really good. But yeah, just you got Discord missiles on there; those are good. You got range to read denying cannons you probably have extra calculates from kraken you got all your target locks you're never spending them because they don't spend them so it's just whoever you feel like locking it's actually a pretty nasty alpha strike 
Mm-hmm. And the you know the the stabilizers on the HMP is makes them a bit unpredictable where they're going to be. Yeah, they're really good at arc dodging. 180 degree arcs. Like I, I've flown HMPs a few times, and I've I've really enjoyed. Yeah, their time on target's really good if you do it right. Would they be better than the uh, resistance A wings? You would say time on target. Only have a 180 degree arc, and then you can just go 90 degrees. So you'd really just you'd like make a box of everything. It's pretty, it's pretty strong. I'm not sure if it's better than the RZ2s, but it's at least comparable. And it also has two Discord missiles. Okay, the next list I wanted to talk about was a really interesting resistance list. It's uh, three Red Squadron experts. Those are the threes, not the fours. Um, all of them with heroic. Rose with the automated target priority and C-3PO. And then Zari with the thread tracers. I think the Zari part is what I really liked. Because even if you get blocked, you still get an action. And any action you're going to take is probably going to be able to shoot the thread tracers. And X-Wings with target locks and focuses are really strong. Rose we know is good. Rose can coordinate, especially like Zari maybe. If Zari takes a lock and a focus to guarantee most likely getting the thread tracers off. The automatic target priority is amazing with Rose as well. I like those lists a lot. Rose generally shoots whatever's closest because she only has a two-die gun, right? Right. She doesn't try to do the range three focus fire shots. And it's useful just to have it around. Um, especially if like, she uses a coordinate with C-3PO, she gets another calculate, so she can have two, one for offense, one for defense kind of thing with three rolls. Yeah, and they're all they're all I three as well, so you could probably you'd probably shoot with Zari first, or and then you know, Rose has to shoot whatever's closest. And if you have like a, a couple follow-up shots with the X-Wings, you can just be like, well, because we're just going to shoot this guy then. And then Rose being able to get a target lock with the Thread Tracers means she's not quite... Uh, she doesn't have to follow the X-Wings as much. Right. No. All PS3, though, is what I love because there is a distinct advantage when all your lists are the same PS. You can limit blocks just by having moving to where your ship was sort of thing it's just a lot of efficiency packed into that kind of list like that i mean the resistance has a lot of efficiency to begin with but i like the i like the zari with the thread tracers i think that's that's brilliant i never i never thought of doing something like that but it does guarantee a shot no matter what unless you know you hit a rock or something but don't do that just remember thread tracers doesn't work at range zero but also, you can have your arc facing backwards and still get like a thread tracer thought out, out of the front, too, if you need to do some sort of a setup for next turn kind of thing. You know, just the flexibility. This isn't the SF where you, you have to shoot out your turret arc. Right. So if maybe she has a gun facing backwards and hits someone or something, takes a lock on that guy, shoots off thread tracers next turn five straights past them and doesn't have to stress herself out. I thought, I thought it was a really interesting list. I really like C-3PO on rows. It's just strong to always have calculates after coordinating. Okay, well, I just also want to bring up one more list that uh, we saw. Not necessarily that I think was amazing, but this guy uh, 
he had trajectory simulator with proxy mines on his hyenas, which uh, doesn't work that way. But also, he was 26th in Swiss and still made in the top 32. So congratulations to that guy of just having a handicap for no reason and still performing. Like, was it? I don't. When was it caught? It wasn't caught till like round two or round three, was it? It was caught in round two, which I can only hope his round one opponent didn't fall to that. But still, that means for five rounds, he had 12 points just not doing anything. And this was a six ship list. Oh, man. Imagine if they actually worked that way. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just wanted to, to mention that because that's that's pure skill. If you're just bringing stuff that doesn't work with your ship. Guys, uh, want to talk about anything else or are we uh, wrapping it up? I would actually like to give a shout out to Dash Benthic that made Top Cut because that's amazing to me that you have two ships and Benthic is one of them and you made Cut. <laughs> I don't even know what Benthic does. He passes the focus when he takes it. He had a perceptive co-pilot. He had Jin Urso on there as well. So he can actually just pass and evade the dash and dash could just roll up with double focus in Biston. But that seems not ideal, but it worked. And even he, he did really well. I mean, he, he got 21st in Swiss. I'm, I'm a huge dash fan, but I'm not going to fly dash Benthic. <laughs> you know, thanks for listening, everyone, for another episode of the Bestman Benchwarmers. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at thebestfinbenchwarmers at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and now uh, Twitch as well at MI Benchwarmers. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Have a good one.